Hi, everybody. My name is Natalie Ledwell, and this is The Inspiration Show. Today on the show, I have a very special guest who's written a new book called Fearvana, which I have right here. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, facing our fears and how we can use that as a way to uh, create a life of fulfilling and, and purpose. Um, but before I get into introducing my special guests, I just want to remind you that once the show is over, don't forget to link, click the link below this video to be able to download the free ebook version um, of my my best-selling book, Never in Your Wildest Dreams. So let me introduce my special guest, Akshay Nanavati. How are you, Akshay? Doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, Akshay and I are going to be sharing a very um, intense experience in uh, in October where we're going to Liberia, the country, and we're going to be doing some incredible work there. And we'll talk a little bit about that in, in the few, in, in, at the end of the call here. Um, but uh, what I want to do is talk about Fiavana with this particular book. So why don't we start, uh, start actually with your story mm-hmm. um, and how you got to, to writing, you know, how we can navigate through our fear. Yeah, sure. So a little bit about what led me to Fiavana. Uh, back in high school, so I was born in India. I moved to the U.S. at 13. Soon after that, I got heavily into drugs, lost two friends to drug addiction, was headed down that path myself. But thankfully, I got out. I joined the Marines. Despite two doctors telling me Marine Corps boot camp would kill me because of a blood disorder I was born with. But I obviously, I survived. And out there, I learned the value of engaging struggle and pursuing my fears. So I spent six years in the Marines, got heavily into outdoor sports as well, like mountain climbing, skydiving, ice diving, you name it. <laughs> um, in 2007, I was then deployed to Iraq. And when I came back a few years later, I was diagnosed with PTSD, with struggle with depression, struggle with alcoholism, till I got to the point of where I considered taking my own life. And coming out of that space is when I spent years researching neuroscience, psychology, and spirituality, initially just to heal myself, but that led me on this more meaningful quest and ultimately to this idea of fear of Anna and leveraging fear as a, as a tool to ultimately reach enlightenment itself. Right. So what exactly is fear of Anna? So I define fearvana as the bliss that results from engaging our fears to pursue our own worthy struggle. And our own worthy struggle is our path. We all have that path, right? And when we engage it, it's hard, but there's beauty in that struggle. So ultimately, fearvana is about helping people build a positive relationship to struggle, however it shows up, and reframe their their idea of these so-called negative emotions like fear, stress, anxiety, and realizing that there are no bad or good emotions. There's just emotions, and we can do anything with them. Any emotion can be useful. So fearvana is about helping people develop a positive relationship with struggle however it shows up, so they can find, live, and love their worthy struggle. Right. And so um, do you think fear is the biggest barrier between people where they are now and and creating the life that they want? It absolutely is, and it doesn't have to be. That's why that's why I wrote Fearvana because it was sort of um, my own experience taught me that how beautiful fear was. I mean, everything I did from going to war and one of my jobs in Iraq was to walk in front of vehicle convoys to look for explosives before they could be used to blow up our vehicles. So somewhat dangerous, as you might imagine, <laughs> right? And but everything I did from going to war, joining the Marines, to climbing mountains, to even writing a book on fear was terrifying. But there was beauty engaging that fear. And yet we live in a world that says people should be fearless. Don't be scared. You know, eliminate your fear. When people hear the word fear, they don't think of it as positive. They think of it as negative. So fear of Anna was to kind of combat this demonization of fear and to help people develop a positive relationship to it because then they doesn't have to be this barrier. They can use it as a tool to grow. Right. And so I'm assuming that there's certain steps that people can take to be able to move through fear. I mean, I'm with you. Like, 
I think fear is an important part of the of our life process because if we're not stepping outside our comfort zone and feeling some kind of fear, then you know nothing exciting happens inside the comfort zone. Let's be honest, you know. <laughs> so, what kind of steps can people use uh, or take to be able to move through their fear? So, when you notice the fear shows up, you know, like pause and acknowledge it. Ask yourself. What am I afraid of? Why am I afraid? What's the worst case scenario? How do I prepare for the worst case scenario? So, you know, I mentioned while writing this book on fear, I was terrified. So I studied from great authors like Chicken Soup with the Soul author, Jack Canfield, like Tim Ferriss, you know, I've studied how do they write a good book? How do they market a good book? But how, how, how do they market a good book? And as a result, you know, I, like I trashed tons of months of work, 100,000 words worth of work, but it was necessary. But because I was afraid, I wrote a better book. If I wasn't afraid, I could have just put something out there. You know, I was afraid. So it allowed me to prepare. I engaged my fear. I was also very clear on what's the reward on the other side of those fears. So I know you talk about visualization, right? Like visualize what's on the other side of those fears. And that means being clear about the reward as well. So being clear about the reward, visualizing, embracing the energy of fear, using it and isolating yourself from the fear so you can leverage it as a tool to prepare. Like when I spent a month dragging a 190 pound sled across Greenland, I used to, I was obviously terrified. It was a scary and hard journey. So I used to train by dragging tires around the streets of New Jersey <laughs> because I was scared. Again, my fear allowed me to prepare better. Right. And so uh, I know that there was a couple of times you've mentioned, like, you know, you with drugs and earlier and then with, uh, you know, alcoholism, when you come back from the war, I mean, what, uh, what, what was it within you or what was it do you think that get, got you from that point into looking at, okay, well, this is how I'm going to live a life of purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started my healing in both cases, uh, drugs was actually a little bit easier because again, I, at this point when I got out of drugs, I knew that I wanted to be a Marine and almost overnight stopped and it, it all consumed me. Alcohol, I broke my sobriety a few times, but recognizing that this is not something that has to define me because we often, I, we, I, we self-identify with our emotions, with our thoughts, with who, with our patterns in the past, right? But we are not our brain. We're not our thoughts. We're not our emotions. We're something so much more than that. And realizing that, realizing that, okay, I had just developed a pattern. My brain had created this pattern, but there's this physical structure of the brain. And then there's my consciousness, which is something more, right? This higher being with, we all have, of course, and acknowledging that I've developed this pattern, the drinking, but I'm not going to let myself be identified with that pattern. My brain has it, but I don't have it, right? Like the higher I doesn't have it. And acknowledging that space between the, the patterns in our brain. I mean, we, we are far more machine-like than we think we are. We think as human beings, we have free will and we're autonomous creatures, but we are very much at the product of our patterns and our, you know, creatures of habit. Our brain has formed these patterns since everything from our genetics, from the very day we were born, it's created these, these things inside of us. And we, but so by acknowledging that we are just a very machine-like, we can actually cease to be a machine because then we have that space between the automated behaviors and our conscious behaviors. So that was really the first step is separating myself and then allowing myself to be consumed by my worthy struggle and letting that really take over my soul in the most beautiful way. <laughs> I know because you, you dance between the science and the spirituality of this journey. So, uh, you know, you're talking about our brains, like what is it that happens with us when we go from this place of um, automation or habit Mm -hmm. um, how do we like, what is it that happens to our brains to get us to a place where we can, can make a choice? Mm -hmm. So acknowledging, so first step, that's why the first, the first section in the book is actually called awareness and acceptance. So recognizing the awareness, recognizing there's a, we're a machine like state. So there's a great uh, quote from this guy, P.D. Uspensky, P.D. Uspensky, who wrote this book, uh, the psychology of man's possible evolution. He says, man is a machine, but a very peculiar kind of machine. He's a machine that by recognizing he's a machine can cease to be a machine.
And this is so essential. So recognizing that we're automated then allows us to stop, then allows us to recognize there's a space. And then through conscious awareness, this is why everything, I mean, what you talk about, what we're doing is consciousness, awareness. By consciously saying, okay, I'm noticing this pattern is there. Like for me, again, to make it tangible, stress equals alcohol. I used to, anytime I felt a little stressed out, I would run to drink, right? By pausing and saying, okay, my brain has this pattern. I notice the trigger of drinking show up. I can rewire it by focusing on something. Now I get stressed out about everything I have from running across the world to building businesses. Uh, it stresses me out like to no end, but there's a beauty in that stress. It's a stress that I'm seeking because I've consciously learned to say, stress can equal something else, right? Like by, by channeling that energy, that focus into something, we ultimately build a new brain. We're building new neuronal pathways in our brain that create um, new habits. Mm, absolutely. So that's uh, more the science side of things, what's happening with our brain. So what's the what's mm -hmm. the spiritual part of this that, that plays in for you? You know, what the beauty in learning all of this was how similar the science and spirituality is, you know, spirituality says the same thing, but this says that we're all stabbed by the two darts of suffering as he calls it, you know, and the first dart is the one we don't control. It's that emotion. It's that thing we don't control. But the second dart of suffering is where we can do something about it. So the analogy I always like to give is if I stub my toe against a door, the, my toe hurting is the first dart. My, the second dart is when I say things like, I don't, you know, the God hates me. Why do bad things only happen to me? This house is stupid. I'm stupid. All that kind of self-talk, but allowing ourselves through consciousness to rise above it. And that spirituality is that experience of surrender, surrender to our own divinity, surrender to the divinity of humanity, of earth, you know, practicing faith, whatever God or universe means to you, allowing yourself to practice that surrender to it. I mean, when I do these things like running across the world or skiing across ice caps, I feel so connected and united to this deeper self and my own ability to rise above my perceived limitations, connected to the earth around me, you know, that we're in this journey together, connected to the people, like, like ourselves, like we're all together in this. And uh, allowing yourself to experience that, that really, the spirituality is, comes from really the doing, you know, it has to be felt, it has to be tasted, and you get to see how we're so much more than we think we are. Mm. So with the book Fivana, who are the people that, uh, you know, that you think, well, who did you write it for? Like who are the people that are going to benefit from this? Mm -hmm. You know, so when I wrote it, I wrote it for athletes. I wrote it for entrepreneurs, for young kids, kind of like me, right? Like, <laughs> like we often say your mess is your message. I've heard somebody say that. So, you know, for veterans, but the reality is, you know, everybody experiences fear at some point, you know, fear, stress, anxiety, we all go through it. And I pair the three because neurologically, they're very much the same. We just have a different label for the, the three, but we all go through it. But that's kind of who I wrote it when I was targeting is athletes, students, veterans, entrepreneurs, that was the frame. But yeah, it definitely can, if you felt fear or stress, this will help you navigate it better. Absolutely. Um, so you and I both are going to face some fear together in October this year. <laughs> um, you're a little more than I, because you're going to get there earlier than me, and you've decided to run across the country. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah. I'm why? Why, are you <laughs> why would you do this? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be running 210 miles across the country, across the entire length of the country, to one as a sort of using my vehicle of service, which is running. We all have our own, right? Run One of which is running. The other is my business, but running to to help uh, to kind of raise funds for this sustainable school that we're building with the group that you're working with. And I love the project. So wanted to use my vehicle as a way to help support that. And also to distribute water filters along the way, working with a gentleman in Liberia, Kimi, who, who you know, to distribute water filters to 
support his water project, help bring water to those that need it. And just, yeah, using this as a vehicle, you know, I've run across eight countries so far when, again, when I was coming out of sobriety, I knew I needed something. Clearly I have a very addictive personality and moderation is not good for me. So <laughs> I don't really sit well with moderation. So I was like, okay, I need something all consuming. That's absolutely insane. So I was like, I'm going to run across every country in the world inspired by an Australian ultra runner, Pat Farmer, who's just one of the best ultra runners in the world. He ran from the North pole to South pole. And so when I saw what he did, it shattered the limits of what I even thought was a possibility. And I was like, I can push that too. And so that's why I decided to run across every country and use that as a vehicle for service to support causes on the ground in each country that needs it. And uh, Liberia is next. And Liberia is so beautiful because it's really a microcosm, a symbol for how humanity can rise above conflict to build something beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, and my connection to Liberia as well has been connected with a guy called Jeremy Burgess, who was, you know, in a refugee camp in Ghana. He's from Liberia. And because of the, uh, the civil war there, uh, and he tried to get into the U.S. a couple of times um, and wasn't able to do so. And so through his depression, he's, you know, wandering around. He's in a marketplace. He sees a stall with books. Uh, one jumps out at him. It's called Think and Grow Rich. Um, and after reading that book, it inspired him to go back to Liberia after the war was over and to create a school for this generation of young adults who uh, missed going to school uh, because of, you know, because of the war. And so uh, what we're doing is working with his particular school, which is vocational for adults, mm -hmm. so teaching them skills like, you know, mechanics and electrician and all that kind of thing. Um, and for their children, because a lot of the, the students are women, their students can also, uh, their children can um, attend a school there as well. Uh, and uh, we're creating, uh, we're going to be implementing an agricultural program so that they no longer need to rely on donations, that they can actually, uh, so they're self-sustaining. Um, yeah. And this will be the blueprint for schools throughout Liberia. Um, and so, you know, we have a, a goal of to reach $75,000 uh, to be able to set up the different levels of this agricultural program. Um, and I know that uh, so what you're doing actually is actually donating the proceeds of the book. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, firstly, just beautiful what you're doing and just honored to be a part of it. I absolutely love it. So what we're doing with the book, all the proceeds, 100% of all the proceeds from every version of the book, the Kindle, physical copy, and the Audible is going to charity. And this case where the focus is right now on supporting the charity to build a school. So yeah, 100% of all the profits from Fearvana are going to help build a school and, um, and using this run as a vehicle to promote and bring awareness to the project as well. Wonderful. So guys, I encourage you, please download this you can go to uh to um amazon i think it's the best place to yep. be able to and it's on amazon mm -hmm. yep um to, to be able to do that and the proceeds of the sales of that will go towards you know creating this program um and for mine movies what we'd love to do is for anyone that makes a donation of at least ten dollars and believe me anything helps anything helps but if it's at least ten dollars then you will have a choice um, of either getting our uh let me tell you what they are the um abundant success meditation or the free flow energy meditation. These are our two most popular meditations. Um, so all you need to do is make your donation, email us at support at mymovies.com, uh, and then we'll be able to and tell us which one you'd prefer, and then we'll be able to instantly send you that meditations to download and start using straight away. Um, and uh, if you click on either the link underneath this video or the banner to the side, it'll take you directly through to, to, the, to the GoFundMe page. Um, where you'll actually be able to see uh, more about Jeremiah, and you'll be able to see more about the program. 
uh, and uh, and everything that we're looking to do in that amazing country when we go there in um, in October. So we're really looking forward to sharing that experience with you, Akshay. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, thank you for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So, guys, I encourage you if you're watching the show, please help us get the word out. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. So, don't forget to go straight to the, to the GoFundMe page. You can either click the banner or the link underneath. And after all that's over, uh, you can click the link below that to download the free ebook version of my best selling book, Never in Your Wildest Dreams. So, until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.